What's up, y'all? It's Zach from Living Corporate. Now, look, for those of y'all who are new here, the purpose of Living Corporate is to create a space that affirms black and brown experiences in the workplace, right? There are certain things that only we can really understand. And when I say we, I mean the collective non-white professional <laughs> in corporate America. Um, and when we look around, if you like Google being black and brown in corporate America, you may see like a post um, in Huffington Post or something that kind of communicates from a position of lack. But I don't know if we necessarily see a lot of content that empowers and affirms our identity and our experience. And that's really the whole purpose of living corporate. It's with that that I'm really excited to talk to y'all about the See It To Be It series. Amy C. Wanniger, um, who has been a guest on the show, who's a writer for Living Corporate, and who's also the author of Network Beyond Bias, um, she's actually partnered with Living Corporate to actually have an interviewing series where she actually sits down with black and brown professionals so that we can learn about what they actually do and see ourselves in these roles, right? So it's a variety of industries that she's, she's talking to a lot of different types of folks. You're going to be able to see what they do. And at the same time, you're going to hopefully be able to envision yourself in that role. Hence the title, see it to be it. Okay. So check this out. The next thing you're going to hear is this interview with Amy C. Wanniger. Y'all hang tight. Catch y'all next time. Peace. Hello, Anita. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hello. Thank you for having me on the show, Amy. I'm excited to be here. I am excited to have you. So you were one of the first people I met when I started uh, going out on my own and doing my own thing. And I don't even remember how we connected originally, uh, but I know that we kind of bonded over the shared experience of having books that we had self-published. So would you tell me just a little bit about what it is exactly that you do and how you got into that work? Absolutely. So I am a career optimization consultant. I provide training for both students as well as professionals. I'm dual focused um, with students. I help to provide them with an information that helps them to transition from high school to college and college to the professional sector. So if you think about a lot of the things that you don't necessarily learn in high school or college that you are expected to know when you go in the workforce, um, things like how to negotiate your salary, how to network, um, what that means, um, how to build strategic partnerships and relationships, the importance of managing your social media and really the type of implications that that can have on your future. Those are the type of sessions that I work with with college and high school students. And then for professionals, I partner with companies to help them train and retain staff so they don't have to fire and rehire or lose and overuse. So I help people to more effectively engage within their careers, which will in turn help companies to be able to retain talent as well. That's fantastic that you found a, a, a niche that meets the employer's needs and the employee's needs, but you also work with students. And so I'm imagining that you work a lot with colleges too. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. Very yes. good. And so how did you get involved in this work? Because this isn't an obvious, like there's probably not a job posting for this somewhere, right? Absolutely. Not at all. <laughs> And if it was, I would have loved to find it because, you know, to be under the corporate umbrella of someone that's doing exactly what I'm doing is definitely would definitely be an interesting perspective. I was a recruiter initially when I transitioned from college. Um, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I initially, when I was looking for jobs upon graduating from college, I was applying for all of these public relations positions um, and I kept being told I didn't have enough experience. So out of frustration, I ended up going into a staffing agency and I just said, look, I need a job. And they said, OK, well, let's um, let's see what we have for you. Are, are you open to recruiting or what are you looking for? I said, honestly, I can do anything. I just need someone to give me a chance. 
And so they sent me out for a two day position at one of their corporate clients and they had phenomenal feedback. I guess they, they were saying, oh, my goodness, we want to look at hiring her. One of their HR execs came down and said, I need your resume. I was voluntold to give him my resume. Wow. And I gave him yeah, so they called that afternoon because I, I I knew that we weren't supposed to go on the internet and we weren't supposed to give our resume. And after being insistent upon telling him, no, I'm not supposed to give you my resume, he was like, look, I don't care about all that. Give me your resume. So when they called, I said, hey, just want to let you know um, everything's going well, but he did make me go on the internet and print out my resume. They were like, Juanita, don't worry, you'll never have to go back there again. I was like, no, 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 I'm not saying that it's a bad environment. I love it here, but... Yeah. So long story short, they ended up uh, calling me about three minutes after I left that day and asked if I would be open to coming to work as a recruit. Well, um, to temp in their office until they could afford to hire me because they had to create a position to hire me um, because they couldn't afford to do it at that moment. Wow. And so I um, went in to, to assist them and then I was there for for a couple years. So I had the opportunity to to function as a recruiter. I loved my job. I loved everything about it. Um, and I was spiritually led to leave. So uh, yeah, about three, three years or so later, um, I had the, you know, I was really delving into it. I know this is a long way of going about answering your question. That is but, okay. <laughs> but um, so, you know, I was really honing in on my relationship with God and learning, you know, that he talks to you and that kind of thing. And so, um, you know, and I was like, Lord, well, whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, I will do it. Let me know. And so then he said, okay, well, I want you to leave your job. Wait, mm, Lord, are you sure this is you? I, I don't know that this is you. <laughs> so um, long story short, I ended up giving my job a month's notice. And in that time, I was praying about my purpose and what I would do. Um, I went to a purpose boot camp uh, the week after I left my job and at the purpose boot camp, they were talking about, you know, your purpose and what you were created for. And um, on the way back from the, the purpose boot camp, I started getting all these crazy thoughts and I, I said, maybe I should jot some of this stuff down. And so I'm driving from Maryland to Virginia. And when I get home, I look at my notebook and I'm like, what is this? And I called my dad. I was like, hey, dad, I think God is telling me to start a company. And he was like, well, if he's telling you to do it, you need to do it. So that's pretty much how I how I transitioned into uh, into um, having my own company um, in terms of career optimization. I was led out of recruiting um, because I've recruited for about six years or so, uh, providing services for a variety of different companies within oil and gas energy travel a variety of different companies that partnered with me and then God said okay now you're done with that so it's time for you to leave that and uh and I said wait what am I doing now so um and he gave me the vision to actually start start doing what I'm doing now and so I, it's been about six and a half seven years or so um I've gone into high schools uh here high schools more so I usually do more local here in the Houston and surrounding areas um but colleges I've branched out and also for organizations as well what's the name of the company that you run uh it's called regional consulting regional consulting yeah. and I was going to get to this later but we'll just bring it up right now you have a book I do and tell us about your book 
My book is called Master Your Career Playbook Resumes. It is actually a book that's about writing resumes, but not just writing resumes. It helps you to more effectively articulate your value because just like I was in that situation, um, what I didn't realize is that it wasn't that I did not have the experience, it's that I was not effectively articulating the value that I offered to the employers for which I was applying. And so what I did is I actually, you know, I actually used to write resumes for clients. And I had um, a client that continued to send me countless individuals. And I jokingly said one day, you know what, I'm going to write a book just for you, just just for you to give to all your friends. Um, and so I, I did. So I wrote the book and um, well, actually, I wrote 15 pages and I sat on it for two and for two and a half years. And then um, people started asking me, like right when I get, got ready to start writing it again or pick it up again, people kept asking me, when is your book coming out? Hey, what's your book? Where's your book? Do you have a book? Do you have a book? I was speaking at different conferences and they're like, hey, where can I purchase your book? And I'm just sitting here like, oh my gosh, are you serious? I don't have a book. And I talked to a speaker and he was just telling me, he, he inspired me and connected me with someone who was able to help me to get my thoughts down on paper because the hardest thing or the most challenging part about the writing process is one, taking the time to do it, but then also making sure you, that you can effectively articulate the words that you're trying to get across and that it comes across like you intend for it to. And especially within resume writing, because no one really gets excited. Like, oh my gosh, girl, guess what I'm doing? What? I'm reading this book about writing my resume. Yes, I'm so excited. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> right. No one ever, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that was, that was, and, and I wanted it to be engaging. I wanted it to be kind of similar to how I present, um, but I wanted to, to be honest. And I wanted to give people a very candid view um, from a recruiter perspective, because I've had the opportunity to place across the employment spectrum um, up to senior level executives on down to entry level office support positions. I think that's such a valuable perspective, too. I have people all the time who are wanting me to help them with their resumes. And when they ask me, I always quote them. I ask, what's your budget for the service? And then exactly. they usually are thinking in their heads, I don't want to pay you. I just want you to do it. Exactly. And then when they say, what do you charge? I give them a number that they would never, ever, ever pay because I don't want to do that work. Uh -huh. But I do recommend your book to them oh. because I say, oh, you need to read this book and this will help you. And uh -huh. I won't. <laughs> so <laughs> isn't that terrible? But, so, um, no, it's not terrible. And I will tell you because resume writing is a very time consuming process. And a lot of people just think that, you know, and, and the thought process is I'll just give you a regurgitation of my experience and I'll let you pick and choose what's most important out of here. And hopefully it will land me an interview. Mm -hmm. Not what happens, unfortunately. Right. And I know how to write my own resume because I lived it. But I don't mm -hmm. know how to write someone else's and I don't pretend to. So yeah. anybody who's listening to this, do not call me for resume advice. Call me <laughs> Actually, and I'm just, I'm the opposite. I can kick someone else's resume out once oh. I have all the details of their experience. But my own resume, let me tell you how it took me about two and a half weeks to write my own resume. Oh my gosh. Like, well, what did I do though? And I mean, it was really <laughs> pulling yourself out of the equation and, and looking at yourself extrospectively like not introspectively but mm -hmm. you know how do I describe this great person that I know she is on paper and how do I get those words down to an employer that will actually help me to be able to get an interview and knowing the purpose of a resume because so many people think that the purpose of the resume is to get you a job and it's not <laughs> so it the is purpose not. of a resume is to get you the interview 
And so, so many people just put all of the information into their resumes and they just think, okay, I'll just throw it on out there and, and see what happens and hope it lands. Yeah. Wow. Yep. I have seen everything as a hiring manager, but probably nothing compared to what you've seen as a, as a recruiter. So, <laughs> switching gears a little bit back to your career optimization work, what's something that surprises you about this work or that surprised you when you started it that you weren't expecting? Um, you know, I'll be honest, working with students, I wasn't sure how I would, how I would respond in working with students. Um, I always say that high school students are not my forte. I always had the, um, I had the impression that high school students were just very disrespectful. They don't listen. And, you know, you see some things out outside and what you see on social media and those type of things. You're just like, ah, I don't want to work with those audiences. And I have gone in and I will be honest, I have had some of the most amazing students. And what I've learned is that a lot of students are actually eager for the information, but they just have people that talk at them and not talking to them and helping them to understand the importance of the choices and decisions that they make today and how they can potentially impact tomorrow and what what their future will look like so i try to um i try to help them enjoy the process and i didn't think i would enjoy speaking to students so much i'll be honest and 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 now i do i truly do and i've had people that say well why don't you choose whether you want to speak with adults or with students and honestly i can't choose i, I can't choose well i'm sure it makes you more effective in both camps yeah. that you have Absolutely. that you have that interaction in both areas because you know, if you don't talk with working professionals, mm -hmm. then you wouldn't have the insights to give the students that they need to move forward. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So. And if you're talking to students and they're like, mm, uh, uh, who is this lady? I don't <laughs> want to hear anything she has to say. You know, it kind of keeps you engaging and it keeps yeah. you on your toes because they, they will let you know if, if this is not something that they're feeling. Mm -mm, no. And yeah, I got two of them in my house and <laughs> they will yeah. tune you out in a hurry. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, but I like that your surprise was a happy surprise. Yeah. Uh, a lot was. of times when I ask that question, it's like, you know, I had no idea how hard it would be or I had no idea, you know, how crazy people were or whatever. But I love that your surprise was a pleasant one. That's great. So if yeah, someone's looking to get was. into doing this kind of work, if, you know, if they want to kind of bridge that gap, that college to workplace gap, where can they start looking for resources or how might they break into this kind of work? Um, you know, honestly, I would say a lot of it starts with relationships, you know, building relationships and strategic partnerships. Um, I always tell people either you're networking or you're not working. Uh, I've, we actually met and I'll answer your question when you said earlier, I can't recall how we met. I think we met on LinkedIn. Oh, okay. And so we connected on LinkedIn and we started talking. I think we connected over a mutual article or something. And um, which is interesting because you never know how you can make connections and extend the, the life of whatever you're doing. And, you know, I always tell people it's about selfless networking, not necessarily what's in it for me. Um, it's, it's about really reaching across the aisle and saying, what, what is it that I can do for you? Mm -hmm. um, and being that supportive person, I think that anyone who knows me or who has been able to build the relationship with me will can tell you and attest that, you know, I'm, I'm very, I try to, I try to be very selfless and I'm, you know, I try to, um, to, to always ask, what can I do to help? Because mm -hmm. that's really what, what it's about. And so first and foremost, it starts with those strategic partnerships and relationships. Um, if you have companies or corporations that's willing to sponsor you, that's, that's a, a huge plus right there. That's half the battle um, because you can get those sponsors that 
can sponsor you to go in as opposed to having to get the organizations to pay for it themselves or the students. And I've, I've actually had student organizations that have sponsored um, and that have paid themselves out of their own budget. So, um, but you know, sometimes it, it, depending on what the budgetary allocations are and what your fees are, you know, and oftentimes I will tell people, they think it's really glitzy and glamorous, but it's really a lot of hard work. You know, it's a, it's a lot more than just showing up and just saying, okay, yeah, I'm going to make this fun and engaging. And, you know, and, and, and sometimes people look at it from the outside and they're like, yes, I can do that. I want to do that. Um, but they don't realize the work that goes into it sometimes. Yeah. You're not getting paid for the hour on stage. You're getting paid for the 95 hours of prep you put into that hour on stage. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, how do you, as a, as an entrepreneur, how do you find support for yourself? Like, where do you go for a sense of community and the work that you do? Part of where I go, I have a great network of professionals. I'm very actively engaged with my community. I'm actually the chair of the programs committee at the Greater Houston Black Chamber of Commerce. I'm a graduate of the Houston Black Leadership Institute and also involved with the current Houston Black Leadership Institute um, classes. Um, I'm also a member of the Houston Area Urban League Young Professionals. I try to, you know, I have a really great networks and, and people that continue to pour into you. So you have to find out what that niche is for you um, and find out what, you know, where can you impact the greatest? Where can you have the greatest impact? And initially, uh, even before I was with the chamber and the HBLI, I was with Hall YP. And so I joined because they had opportunities to volunteer and give back to the community. And through Hall YP, I've been introduced to all these other aspects. Of, of life and that have poured into me in so many different ways. And so um, I would say first and foremost, find something to get involved in, find something that you're passionate about and pursue that because you never know how that can open doors of opportunity for you that you can't even imagine or that you don't even anticipate. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, it's so true that when you start doing what matters to you, the people that you need kind of show up. Yeah. And you show up for them and it's, it's, it's almost a magic that happens. I, um, I don't know if I told you this the first time we talked, but I call it the Billy Jean lights. Okay. Um, do you remember the old Michael Jackson video? And they light up, right? Yeah. And when I started out, when I started doing what, what I'm doing, it was like, I didn't know what the next step was, but I'd put my foot down and it would kind of, the path would start to light up and I put my foot down again and the path would light up. And it was like, it just kept going until those lights came so fast. It started to look like a runway. And I knew that that was the right path. Uh, yeah. But I think, you know, part of it is just like taking those steps at first to, to get the. Yeah, absolutely. And that reminds me of Martin Luther King's quote, faith is taking the next step without seeing the whole staircase. Mm. You know, and so sometimes you can take that. And that was really what it was like for me, except for I didn't even see a house. I just pretty much <laughs> just was like, wait, where am I stepping? It was just like, okay, I'm stepping over a cliff. But then it came into view as I started walking. And so um, I will say, you know, and I tell people, look, I'm, I'm not telling everybody to leave their jobs tomorrow. <laughs> so don't put that on me. They're not, Juanita said I can leave my job today. <laughs> no, no, that that's is not, not what Juanita's saying. Yeah. <laughs> 
absolutely. Let me be clear. But I will say that, you know, um, if you're willing to put the work in and if you're willing to do what's necessary, it will, it, it can benefit not just you. And I think your cost has to be greater than just you. It has to be more than just, okay, I'm doing this for the money because, um, and, and I'll be honest, I put a lot of sweat equity in early on. So I didn't, there were events that I did not get paid for. I, um, I did a lot of volunteering when I initially started speaking with student organizations and probably for the first, what, five or six years or so. So even when I was doing recruiting, when I was doing contractual recruiting, I was still going into organizations. I was volunteering my time and people got to know me. And so when God called me out and I had that vision to actually start, um, going into the training and development pieces, it was, it was more of a, a seamless transition, uh, not effortless, but it was, it was seemingly seamless for most people like looking on because they just thought, Oh wow. She just stopped recruiting and now she's doing training and development, but that's not how it was. I was, I was actually putting in a lot of sweat equity and that's the things you don't see from the background. Absolutely. Absolutely. On those days when I'm not seeing results, I try to measure my progress on how many seeds did I plant today? Yes. How many seeds am I going to plant tomorrow? And planting seeds until something starts to sprout, right? And Mm -hmm. once things start sprouting, you keep planting seeds because you're going to need something to sprout tomorrow and the next day and the next. Absolutely. Absolutely. You just water it. You can't see exactly when it's growing, exactly when it takes root. You can't see exactly when those roots are extending. Eventually, you will start to see the flower when it rises above the ground. Absolutely. Yeah. So I would like it if you would answer, just finish the following sentence. Okay. I feel included when? I feel included when... I am amongst people who are open-minded and who are open to listening to other people's perspectives or points of view. Very good. And then when I feel included, I? When I feel included, I soak everything in and I make the best of the opportunity. <laughs> so I'm oftentimes a comedian, I'll be honest. So sometimes in those moments, I'm, I'm so excited. Like my excitement will sometimes make me start, like I'll start cutting jokes and stuff. And they're like, oh my gosh. And so people are like, wait, is she funny too? Um, which is- which You get goofy. I've had, I, I do, well, yes. A professional goofy, yeah, but yeah, it is nonetheless. I've had, I've actually had students that have asked me at different schools. They're like, "Are you a comedian?" No, I'm not. But I get excited when I when it's something that you know that I feel included in, and especially when students kind of make you feel included and 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 show you the love, you know. Mm-hmm. I love that about when students make you feel included because I think a lot of times students don't realize that they exist in an environment, right? They exist in a culture. And when somebody comes in, even somebody with, you know, authority or somebody from the outside, there's still a desire from that person to be included in that group, right? You're not coming in to be other. You're coming in to have an impact, but you want to be welcomed and and you want to be kind of embraced by that group. And I think Mm -hmm. that's such an important point for people to realize is it doesn't matter what group you're in as an in group. Mm -hmm. When somebody's new or somebody's coming in, making them feel welcome will make such a difference in what you get from them and what they take away. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. Juanita, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for sharing your journey with us. 
Yes, thank you for having me. I'm excited to, it was just a, a great experience. I'm excited to be a part of the show and that you thought about me to, to have me on. So. Well, of course. Thank you so much. <laughs> Living Corporate is a podcast by Living Corporate LLC. Our logo was designed by David Dawkins. Our theme music was produced by Ken Brown. Additional music production by Antoine Franklin for Musical Elevation. Post-production is handled by Jeremy Jackson. Got a topic suggestion? Email us at livingcorporatepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and living-corporate.com. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned.